I'm Cindy McMillan, and welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life. You're listening to Episode 75. This is a podcast about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because I believe the way we feel about ourselves on the inside determines what we will create for ourselves on the outside. If this is your first time joining me, I'm especially glad you're here. I often say this is a podcast that has followed the breadcrumbs of my own interest and healing journey. In our hearts, we all know that death is a part of life, and we are becoming aware that grief is showing up in so many other areas of our lives, from new motherhood to a special needs diagnosis, job loss, divorce, having an empty nest, and even the loss of a pet, and now collectively during COVID-19. Today's interview is part of a self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out, and I'm delighted to introduce my guest today, Jessica Wirtz. As an artist, adventurer, and visionary, Jessica has spent more than a decade as a self-employed ceramic artist living in seven different states. After establishing her career in the San Francisco Bay Area, she moved to the deep woods of Oregon to build a studio where she spent years living in the wilderness. During this time, she had deeper conversation and insight around living consciously and creating from that space. Jessica feels a deep sense of curiosity for the journey of the soul and how we weave our love in this world and into the next. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Now, are you still in Oregon or where are you located now? So last year around this time, I actually made a move to New Mexico. So I'm in southern New Mexico. It's actually a little pocket in the southwest, um, a small town called Hillsboro. And so um, uh, after moving from the woods of Oregon, I came here really to establish and work with Spirit Vessel and my ceramics and my, my craft. Now, I've only been to New Mexico one time, but I will tell you, I, I put that at the top of my vacation spots. I loved it out there. <laughs> there is a real magic to this land. And I think it's really palpable. A lot of people I, I talk to that um, know that I live in New Mexico now will say very similar things. You can feel it in the air and on the land. There's something very sacred to this place. Absolutely. I'd like to start off with what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Sure. Yeah, I really like that you posed that question. Um, so much so because it, it's it's a really important through line in my life is really honoring and respecting the fact that there are seasons to a life, there are changes to a life, and there is a way to honor that. Um, and and really, it's um, you know we live in such a linear culture that really just sees things kind of as a, a line, you know, like getting from point A to point B all the time. And, and in, and in that, I think there's a mentality of like accumulating and accruing and adding to and getting from like, okay, point A to point B. And there's always something better over here, but that really lacks the understanding of a soul development to me and a growth pattern, which really necessarily asks us to go back in our lives many times and revisit these places inside of ourselves, 
um, that really just need more tending to and more love. And so there's there's seasons to things. We um, we come at things from multiple angles, multiple times in our lives to really understand them. Um, that's that's my understanding of the seasons of my life. So, you know, you can really have a high moment at one point and then fall to a low moment and you feel like, oh, I'm not getting to where I want to be or where I should be, or this isn't what I thought my life would look like at this point. And then there's this gentle reminder that comes in and and you say this to yourself, no, I'm I'm in a cycle of my life. I'm here for a reason. I can trust why I'm here. Um, and this cycle and what I'm going through right now is really important for me to experience the next thing. Um, and I need to learn this, whatever this is. Um, so I, I really believe that we're here to learn. You know, we're not here meaninglessly, of course. Um, we're here with such purpose and and to tap into that meaning in our life really allows us to tap into the nature of our life, the cyclical um, seasons of our life. Jessica, that is so beautiful because I absolutely agree with you. Our, our life does go in cycles. And when I sometimes talk about the seasons of life, we can live many seasons in one period of our life. We can have those beginnings, endings, and messy bits in, in one, one particular season. And it's just a cycle of learning. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned spirit vessel. I would love to hear your journey to creating spirit vessel and just tell us all about what that is. Sure. Yes. Yeah, spirit vessel is my, um, it's my passion project, my, my purpose and my mission at this point. <laughs> um, spirit vessel is uh, a company um, that my sister and I have formed together and it is basically helping people create personalized celebration of life ceremonies uh, to honor those who have passed and to do that in a way that feels very unique and um, individualized to the person. So there's a real sense of um, creating something that hasn't been done before, right? It's, it's really gathering all of the pieces of your family and who your family is and how you grieve and how you love and how you honor and creating a sacred ceremony based around that. So it's not this cookie cutter way of seeing and feeling and experiencing death in our culture, which is very much the norm right now. Um, and so with that, there's a coupling of the ceremonies. And then as a ceramic artist for the last 10 plus years, um, I've made handmade ceramic urns for ashes. And so part of the package is this beautiful handmade urn that feels very nondescript in a home. Um, we really wanted them to be something that could, you know, have a place in your house without really screaming urn and just be a very, you know, all of this just wants to be um, a sacred offering back into our lives where I feel like we've lost a lot of conversation, a lot of understanding and a lot of what it means to die beautifully in this world. So, so spirit vessel is, yeah, that's, that's what spirit vessel is. <laughs> yeah, Jessica, I was just going to say, and I mentioned this to you, I love your website and I love your Instagram account because you have such beautiful quotes out there and your urns are absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thanks so much. So also on your website, you say, Death is not easy to talk about. Grief is not comfortable to feel. Can you talk more about that? 
Sure, of course. Yeah. I think that would stand true for a lot of people, but it's kind of a generalized statement. Um, and in this culture, I think that a lot of people would find that to be a fairly true statement for them in a, in a lot of different contexts. Um, we live in a culture that doesn't recognize death as a sacred transition, as simply a part of life. And because of that, and, and then this really goes back to living in the cycles of life. Like we don't see ourselves cyclically living. We see ourselves linearly living and we're terrified of the end uh, for what that would mean, you know, but, but if we were to bring into our lives a sense of we are nature, we come from, you know, spirit world, but we are of earth just as everything else is here. And um, really a deeper understanding of how important death is. It's not, it's, uh, it has its place. It absolutely has its place. And and here in this culture specifically, we just want to rid ourselves of death. And we we live our whole lives just hoping it won't happen and thinking it won't happen and, and not preparing for it. Um, and what a huge uh, mistake on our parts. You know, there's, there is such a thing as a, a good death um, and there is such a thing as a bad death. And, you know, whatever a good death is to you is a good death. And certainly there are deaths that we don't even imagine because we haven't prepared for them or talked about them or planned them. And so, you know, we're really trying to change this cultural narrative um, and Spirit Vessels is certainly moving um, that cultural narrative within what we're offering. And, and grief, I don't know that grief is ever easy to feel. I think that it wakes people up and it shakes you so hard sometimes. And and that can be beautiful that that's, you know, if you allow that to move in you and move as a part of your life, instead of just trying to push that away all the time, we can, we can deepen our language for love. We can deepen our capacity to understand life. We can, we can see the preciousness and everything that we're given as a gift in life instead of trying to ignore it and think that it's a bad or ugly or terrible thing that we're experiencing that happens to nobody else. And, and so it's just really, when I say that it's a recognition of, yeah, it's not easy to talk about death. Most people don't want to think of their lives as ending and everything that they'll have to give up or let go of. Uh, we have a terrible time letting go of things. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, there's so much to love here. And with grief, it's, it's the same. There's just a recognition of, of just a call out to, of course, we understand this isn't easy to feel. Of course, having a ceremony for your loved one is not going to be the celebration that you have been planning for 10 years. You know, this isn't like your birthday party, but extremely important to, to put some context and um, a better narrative around death. Last year, I started a death cafe. Have you heard of death cafes? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I started one last year. Now I've um, paused during the summer and I'll start back up in the fall. But I started that in particular because to me, death is like the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. And I talk about that in terms of when my mother passed away as when I was a child, nobody ever talked about her anymore. Or if they did, it was in hushed terms. And I don't think that's good from a healing standpoint. So that is why I started the um, Death Cafe, because I really want it to become more normal to talk about and not keep it in those hushed terms. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you're doing extremely important work in the world. And just to just to create that place, like sometimes we just need that place of permission that says, you know, that thing that everybody has been told is taboo and not okay to discuss. Um, let's just talk about it and see what comes up. And yeah, and then you just realize you're all human because you all share the same exact, you know, feelings around this of like, oh God, I just needed to release that and just make that normal and share and honor this person that I've loved so much my whole life, you know? Exactly, exactly. So I wanted to talk a little bit, we're going to talk about ceremonies, but I wanted to start off first because I think this is really important. What do you say when someone dies or what do you not say? And I'm not talking about you necessarily per se, but in general, for the people who may be listening who say, I'm not going to say anything because I don't know what to say. Mm. And then they, and they keep quiet. You know, I was doing, you know, research and I was just kind of like looking at, you know, different things. And just to give an example of what I'm talking about, one of the best things to say, or that could be said is I'm so sorry for your loss. And one of the worst things to say to someone in grief is something like he's in a better place. You know, people say that to be, comforting, but it's really not comforting. Yeah, it certainly depends on on where you're at in your grief process and how you, you know, who you are and how you feel about things. But um, I don't know that I'm any voice of <laughs> professional voice on this, but I'll certainly weigh in on how I feel about it, which is I, I my perspective is that death is a gift, just as life is a gift. And so it's not Yes, it is the dying and the loss of somebody, absolutely. But it's also, you can reframe that and say this, we've had the opportunity to know this incredible person and they've blessed our lives in all of this way, ways. And so one way you might approach that is, you know, I'm sorry for your loss and I just want you to know how much this person meant to me too. And give them honor them, give, give them that moment to honor them and allow the family members or the friends to say, thank you for that beautiful memory of that person. Share, share a good time, share a good memory. You know, there's, it is loss, but it's also the gift of having everything that they gave. Right. So, um, and another thing I would say is don't, you know, say something, say something because not saying anything is, uh, that just closes down a channel that wants to be healed, you know, and everybody, uh, not everybody, but it's really important to um, not close that conversation. When somebody dies, we don't want to make them die in our memory too. It's important that we say, you know, how much I love them. And I'm so sorry that this is the case that they've passed, but, um, but thank you for, you know, for all of us being here and being able to share this life together. Oh, Yes. Very nice, Jessica. So can you go ahead and start talking about how do you create these personalized ceremonies? Like when somebody comes to you, you know, what is your first steps in creating that sacred ceremony? Yeah, absolutely. Um, something I feel very strongly about, and so I've built it right into Spirit Vessel, is personal autonomy. And I really am very... Uh, I, I speak very strongly about wanting people to hold their own power, take their own power back. And in that, I mean, not 
saying to somebody else, such as, you know, funeral home or a memorial service of um, another sort where, where, you know, basically the master of ceremony, whoever that would be, whatever that position is, doesn't know your family member. Um, so there's a lot of disconnect there. So what Spirit Vessel wants to do is create the guideline to have families set up their own personalized ceremonies. So the ceremonies that we do is they're not led by me personally. Um, they're led by somebody close to the family. That could be a member within the family. Uh, that could be um, a religious person, if that is your choice. Uh, that could be a master of ceremony of any type. But the idea of Spirit Vessel is really, um, it's a 70-page uh, guidebook that walks you from start to finish. Um, and this is just one, one part of it. Um, start to finish in, on how to create a ceremony, who to invite, setting that up, what you want that to feel like, um, you know, meditations, openings, eulogies, um, you know, the flow of a ceremony. A big aspect of Spirit Vessel was, was really to make these ceremonies interactive. Um, the interaction is allowing people to talk, to communicate, to share, um, to hold space together instead of there being a single leader figure and everybody else is listening. The idea behind that is group healing. Um, it's it's being able to actually heal through interacting and and uh, really moving grief, moving any emotion. So a lot of the ceremonies really address different um, topics or emotions that might come up within a family. And then the family or individual designs the ceremony themselves um, based off of the guidebook. Using the guidebook, are they kind of like, are there questions to kind of talk about the loved one who's passed away and how you talked about feelings? And I love that, you know, how, how the, the people who are left behind the grievers, so to speak, how they're feeling. And is that kind of like writing a story out to help them um, in that planning of the ceremony? A story is an interesting way to say it. Um, there, so how I would describe it is there's multiple passages and prompts. So the passages really might speak to gratitude or regret, or um, they speak to something deep um, and also something that's most likely occurring for you when you're um, creating uh, any ceremony around death. They're the real emotions that are that are surfacing. So the prompts then are the pieces where you get to either write about it and there are questions. Um, so they're prompting questions, there's prompting ideas. So that you say, oh, I love, you know, this idea. Okay, that would really suit, you know, my loved one really well to be able to talk about that in the family situation. Yeah, so okay. that's just one part of the ceremony package. We really want to have a further discussion with it, which is helping people think ahead of time, like pre-planning pre a ceremony is one of the offerings. Um, having a living memorial before somebody passes. So perhaps somebody's terminally ill or elderly. Uh, being able to set up a ceremony and celebrate them before they pass. And then, of course, there's the memorial um, service. So there's many ancillary uh, pieces that are included in the ceremonial package. And one of those is a booklet on how to have hard conversations with your family. So this is really bringing up any topic around death, whether that's yours or somebody you love, maybe it's a parent, um, how to start discussing these things with them, what their wishes would be. 
Um, do they have a will? Who's their voice of attorney? Do they, is there an advanced directive? Like the, all of these pieces have been really combined into the package. So we're making sure people are being educated as much as they are having the ceremony. I really like that, the the pre-planning piece, you know, just making sure that people have all the things that they might need, the will, the, you know, the directives and things like that. Because a lot of times I hear so much of people passing away where everything is not in order. And that maybe that's not quite how I want to say that, but, but they don't have their paperwork or who their spouse may not know where the will is. Absolutely. That's an extremely common situation. And, and exactly your affairs aren't in order is how you'd say it. And, you know, what that does is, uh, uh, well, two things. Um, it makes your death more uncertain because, you know, should you be in any medical situation where you're not able to be the voice, you need a voice of attorney. And who would that be? It, like, these things are really important. We don't want to talk about death, so we don't want to consider them. But at the end of our life, it's why there's so much tragedy and stress in our families because we exactly this, we haven't planned. And so I think it's extremely important to have these conversations, uh, write it down for yourself, share it with somebody so they at least know. And and exactly what you're saying, it's you know not only for yourself, but for your family. Think of how many families you hear the same story of like, you know, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what mom wants right now. Um, there's about 15 different opinions coming in. Um, you know, what's going to happen with the estate of this, that it's just, it's, and then what does that do to the family? Right. So it's like, how do you create some sort of alleviation ahead of time? I think when that's not in place, that's where a lot of that strife comes in with the families at, at the, planning of the funerals and everything. Jessica, what are what is one or two tips you'd give to someone to help them take care of themselves while coping with grief? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think just having the mind frame that this is normal. Like you're really, you're really experiencing something that everyone will experience. You just to understand there's nothing wrong with you. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it doesn't feel good. But but you know what? This is a part of life. And there is a way to um, kind of apprentice this. You know, I think that there's there's a way to understand that loss and grief are so built into our lives. So for me personally, I feel like just taking time for myself, slowing down, uh, really creating a space where I can just cry and feel anything that comes up for me. Like I, it's so important not to shove that down because I'll tell you, it'll just keep coming up and it's going to come up uglier every time. Um, and then you'll start <laughs> feeling, you know, experiencing other emotions and taking it out on the people you love and everything else. So tend to yourself first, tend to your heart, let yourself be in it, let yourself cry, find a day, find time for yourself. Um, and you know, something that I do is actually, I take care of myself as if I was a child, like as if I was a little girl who needed a mommy and who just needed taking care of. And I actually will talk to myself that way sometimes like, it's okay, sweetheart, you're just having a hard time. And because truly we're all inner children, we're children in these adult bodies who just needed more love or more attention or more help, you know, as a child to learn how to grieve. And so many of us weren't taught that. 
um, we weren't given space or said, it's okay to do this. And so to be able to go back and kind of reparent yourself on this is so important. Just in reparenting yourself on anything you need in life that you weren't given as a child. So yeah, going back and just taking care of that sweet little child inside you. Uh, such such good advice. Do you have a favorite book or podcast or quote that just really inspires you? Oh, I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm and this is hilarious because I'm terrible at recall at the same time. <laughs> so I'm reading a book right now um, by Stephen Jenkinson called Die Wise, and it is extremely beautiful. And his perspective on death in this culture is so helpful. Um, and it's one we've really lost. We've really lost the context. And he just really helps bring in a fuller perspective um, of death after his years in hospice work and really being with people through the process. So that's a gorgeous book. I'm trying to think there's... Uh, Favorite, but I'm not. I'm not good at being put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I was going to say you're probably like me. You read so much and listen to so many things that when it's time to answer, it's like everything. <laughs> yeah, that is highly true of me. I I tend to take in a lot of information and get inspired by a lot of things. What would you tell your 18 year old self about the season of life you're in right now? Hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's probably never going to be what you expected. So drop the expectations, um, still still go for what you want and work for what you want as a, and in terms of what is uh, true to you and what is important to you and what you feel your purpose is and go for that 100%. But you'll understand that there are things that you never, ever, ever saw coming, no matter everything you plan for. And and trust, just trust the bigger picture of the seasons. Like there is, there is a bigger picture. Um, we have, this is an incredible ultimate design that we live in, in this world, in this universe and universes beyond. And we have so little control over it. So just stay in the flow of your life. Um, and that'll keep you in the seasons wherever you're meant to be. Mm, that's fantastic. All right. Last one. Don't want to mean to put you on the spot, but What's one question you wish I'd asked you and oh. how would you, and how would you have answered? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, mm. Yeah. Maybe like, what does, what does a good death look like to you? That's what great. Does, what does that look like for, for you and your family? And, you know, if you were to actually think of that, uh, and draw a picture around it. And this isn't to make it happen because everybody thinks talking about it will make it happen. But um, what does a good death look like? And um, I, and now to answer that, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's just so important to bring up the question to understand and bring awareness at all around what your death may or may not look like, um, what you would have it look like, um, given the choices. I know that for me, I, I want to live well until I'm healthy. And at that point, I don't want to be medicalized. I don't want to be on ventilators. I, I want to live my life when I'm living. 
and I'm okay letting go when it's time to let go. Um, I think we we live so much based off of like the longer I live, <laughs> the better I'll be. But I think that's such a, a false, false idea in this culture. And we really go through a lot of pain and suffering in ourselves and in our families just by trying to hang on instead of understanding there was a time to let go. Um, so for me, I would like to be able to recognize when that time is and really honor the life I've had by living it fully and then saying, okay, it's okay to let go and having my family around and having there being an understanding of that too. Um, and there's a lot of details within that, but I'll just, I'll go on the, the more general side of the question for time's sake. Absolutely. And that is a, that is a question that, you know, hopefully, as, as people listen to our conversation, that they can ask themselves, what does a good death look like for them? Yeah, absolutely. Jessica, thank you so much for being a guest. The time has actually flown by so fast. Yeah. I know at the, at the beginning we, we were thinking, oh, it was 30 minutes, but it goes by just like that. <laughs> You're talking about what you love. It's easy. Good conversation. Yes. Can you tell um, our listeners how to find you on social media, your website, how they can work with you? Yes, please. Absolutely. So you can find us at spiritvessel.com. And there is a bevy of information around what we're doing and what the ceremony types are and how this fits into your life or someone you love. Um, you can find us on Instagram at my.spiritvessel.com. And if you want to reach out to us through email, you can find that on our website. And it's also uh, support at spirit vessel. Uh, so, sorry, what is it? Support at spirit vessel.com. There you go. <laughs> all right. Jessica, thank you so much for being a guest. And I will have all that in the show notes as well. So thank you. Thanks, Cindy. This was wonderful. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.